0: True Connections is a journey within, to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways, like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these True Connections, so that you can get into the flow of life. Receive the things that you want, without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host.
1: I just want to introduce a, um, a very close friend and someone I've known for a very long time. Her name is Lily Gowell. She joins me today with True Connections with Weston Jolly. And I think that what she has to share in terms of her story and some of her experiences will be of real interest. Lily, thank you for being here.
2: Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure.
1: Lily, can you give us just a little bit of a background in terms of, uh, you know, I, I know you uh, quite well, but why don't you share a little bit about um, maybe where you've come from, how we got connected, and where we are today?
2: Yeah, I've um, known you for, I mean, almost two decades now. Um, we met in Chicago, and it's funny because I, had, I was a teacher working in Chicago, and on my way to work I had passed this building and there was a mural painted on the side of the building. And I thought, I wonder what that building is. That's a cool mural. Maybe one day when I'm not working, I'm gonna stop in and see what that building is. So months and months went by and I passed this building and I never had the chance to go in. And one day um, I, for whatever reason, didn't have to work and I was passing that building and I thought, oh, this is the perfect day to go in. So I went in, and it turned out it was a spiritual bookstore. And I thought, oh, okay, I wasn't really into that kind of thing. I was like, whatever, it's cool. I looked around, and I bought a little trinket. And uh, in the bag where, um, you know, as you're walking out, they give you the bag for your purchase, and there was a little flyer in there that had workshop announcements. And I thought, okay, well, cool, if there's something for, like, less than 50 bucks, I'll go into that workshop and see what this is about. And an announcement that you would be speaking was there. So I said, cool, fits my requirements. And I went to that um, event. And I was, like, captured by you and what you were sharing and really just the the energy that you were sharing. I don't really know what words were said. But as people who know you, Weston, will know, it was the feeling of Weston. So um, at that point, I signed up for a, a private session, and I was hooked. And so that was um as I said, like almost twenty years ago that that happened.
1: That's amazing. I um I've known you for all this time, and I knew of our personal session, but I don't recall or didn't recall the uh, the connection in the bookstore. I remember exactly where it was, um, and of course oh, that, well. book, that bookstore is no longer there. <laughs> we've we've evolved a oh, lot. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, that's, there's been a lot of change there, and a lot of change in the world, of course. But um, Lily, thank you yeah. for that, and certainly very grateful to have you here, and thank you for. Um, the energy that you spoke about because, of course, that's why I wanted to have you here and share um, some of your story with everybody else because I know that there's been, in some ways, uh, a physical challenge with um, just dealing with, Sometimes when we're dealing with our own selves, our own bodies, there's a, a, a challenge that we carry on weight of, of other um, people's energy, other people's stuff. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, they don't know that. They do not, They know that to one degree, but they don't know, necessarily know it from an energetic perspective. And, and certainly um, I've noticed, uh, of course, and this is why I wanted to share with you as well, or everyone uh, become aware, that you've made a, a very strong physical transformation. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, ever since I was very young, I have been overweight, and sometimes more significantly overweight than other times, but um, quite overweight. I mean obese, in the obese category for a lot of my life, and I no longer am. And so I have lost a significant amount of weight. And in doing so, realize that this kind of gives me an excuse to talk about what I've learned with people and to share the, the growth that I've had.
1: That's tremendous. So when you say tremendous loss, can you give us kind of a, a hint, on, without being too personal, but kind of give us an idea of what are we talking about? a couple of pounds, five pounds, ten pounds, what are we talking about?
2: Yeah, no. Um, so here's the deal. I don't know the exact number, and that is with intention because I feel like when people hear a number – there is a lot that they associate with that number. If I said five pounds, people would say, "Oh, that's nothing" and dismiss it. Okay. If I said five hundred pounds, people would say, "Oh, I can't. I can't even relate to that." So what I will say is, it is approximately a hundred pounds or so, which wow. is, which is yeah, it's obviously very significant. Um, but intentionally, I'm not attached to the number.
1: Okay. Um. 100 pounds, I mean, that, that's that's a tremendous amount. So I'm going to ask this uh, first question right out of the bag. What's the secret? <laughs>
2: uh, I think, as I just alluded to, the secret is not numbers. It isn't calories. It isn't minutes working out. It isn't how many inches. All of those beliefs that people have been taught are just not accurate. The secret is much more um, a spiritual or feelings-based thing. And I would say if there is a secret, which I don't even believe in, in the concept of having secrets, but I'll humor that <laughs> wording. <laughs> and, uh, the secret really is realizing that when you gain weight, you have separated from yourself. When you gain weight in, in the unhealthy way. Sure, sure. And and the, um, the desire that we have is to use it as a a protection, or sometimes, in my case, a kindness, or what I thought was a kindness, where I would be taking someone else's pain on for them and saying, I'm strong enough to deal with this. You are, in my perception, unfortunately, I had the misconception that someone else was weaker than I was. And so I would take that pain on for them, and I would hide their secrets for them. Oh, wow. I would take on... So and it was it literally almost looks like oh you have this burden or this secret that you can't carry and it looks like a little package that I would put onto myself and then cover up and hide for them um, as a favor to them and I realize that is exactly the opposite of what needs to happen and what really would benefit everybody would be to say why are you holding that secret there's nothing to be ashamed of there's no reason to keep that secret shout it from the rooftops because. There's nothing to hide. There literally is no reason to hide anything. And if we all were able to say to ourselves, there's no reason for hiding things. There's no reason for shame. There's no reason for secrecy. Um, Then things would be much easier in a lot of ways. And in my opinion, a lot of people would lose a lot of weight. (laughs) And if that's your goal, I think that a secret is don't hide things. Don't feel the need to be secretive. Don't feel that there's something to be ashamed of. But just be honest and truthful and look and see that in doing that, you are really experiencing, it's impossible not to experience a love of yourself. And so I guess the secret is to love yourself and to reconnect with your own self.
1: Well, this is extremely interesting for a couple of reasons. One, um, of course, I've... Uh, helped and actually facilitated others in this category where they were wanting to make a change. I'll use the words transformation, and a lot of times they're not aware of something that is embedded, uh, hidden. Um, you know, until um, I might, I would reflect that in their behalf, and then the, that secret becomes exposed, and then ultimately, um, it's not what quote they thought it to be for <clears throat> me and it enables them to uh, become aware of what, quote, the big monster in the room is so that they can stop this protection. And I say protection on a physical level, of course, and that's the, the lowest level, but then it goes up to the emotional level, and then sometimes we can even protect on a spiritual level as if we need to do that. And yet I can think of another instance where I was working with this individual, and she lost 75 pounds, and she didn't do anything in terms of making changes in her um, Uh, eating habits, number one. Two, which was remarkable Mm -hmm. because a lot of people really get caught in that. I know that you want to expand upon that, which I want to talk about. Um, But then two, uh, she changed a little bit in terms of her exercise regime, if I can quote call it that. But dropping 75 Mm -hmm. pounds without, you know, shall we say, counting calories or having to do five hours in the gym every day um, was not something that she did. There was a a change of energy, a change of mind, um, and then suddenly this weight started falling off. And I know a lot of people are challenged with that concept, and perhaps you can address the idea, maybe even talk about, Lily, if you have had experience with trying other things, other diets, um, other things that may or may not have worked. And most of all, you know, what brought you to this this state of transformation?
2: Yeah, um, congratulations to that other woman. Good for her. Yeah. Um, I I was never really into dieting, to be honest and, and just straightforward. I always knew that the answer was not about food or calories or any of that. I, I had a really strong sense that this whole diet industry was just a big lie, and I did not want to participate in that. So I did do various, like, here and there. I'd be like, oh, I'll count calories or I'm, I'm going to restrict carbs. But I was never someone who was very, very into that. Okay. Um. So, I, and I know that that's somewhat unusual, but that's just my reality. I. Have um, I have always enjoyed movement, but I have not let had not let myself enjoy it. Um, I think that is somewhat common for people who are overweight. I think there's a lot of fear that they will be judged um, if they try to move or enjoy their body or play around with their body, and I had some fear of that um, in myself. So now, although I do go to the gym regularly, it's not because I feel this need to be regimented and to almost self-punish through movement. It's because I really enjoy moving and I go to classes that I consider actually fun. And so um, that's important to me is that I do what feels fun to me. So if I feel like I want to go to the gym at whatever weight, I will go. And now I'm taking like Classes that I find enjoyable, or I go out and walk. Because the key to self-love is one of the keys is to find what you love, and to do that, and that's just as simple as that.
1: You know, I want to I want to kind of highlight that for everyone listening because um, whether it's weight transformation or any other thing that you want to change, we don't um, make these changes. We, you know, it, it, there's an, an act. An idea that, especially at the first of the year, which we're now um, participating in, to make these proclamations, these goals of what we're going to do for the new year, and yet um, there's no follow-up. And the reason why is because there's a, a disconnection from what it is that we say that we want to do. We know we want to do this, but then you know, two days later, five days later, uh, maybe three weeks later, we're not doing it. So, what is it that is enabling you to be consistent in this way, Lily?
2: Uh I just like what I'm doing. (laughs) We can't be consistent. I mean, it's possible to be somewhat consistent when you dislike what you're doing, but that becomes a form of self-punishment and, therefore, the opposite of what we're trying to achieve. The idea of being restrictive or of being, you know, regulatory will not work if what you're trying to do is have a long-term success And by that, I don't just mean weight loss, but I mean enjoying your life. Sure, sure. I mean, how can you consider yourself successful if you lose 100 pounds but are constantly miserable?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That doesn't make sense. Yeah.
2: So um, in order to be consistent, you need to do what you enjoy. And so for me, just being who I am, I change things often. So I consistently do what I enjoy. But I used to, like, walk five miles a day, which I enjoy. And now I'm taking Zumba classes, which I enjoy, and sometimes I'll walk five miles a day. Okay. But the idea of being non-restrictive but consistent is something that some people need to wrap their minds around. It doesn't have to be I eat exactly 1,800 calories a day or even 1,200 calories a day or whatever it is that the supposed ideal number is, according to math.
1: Are you coaching people now? I mean, how is it um, that you can help others who may be trying to get to this attribute of fun through consistency? Um, Meaning are there programs that you offer? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I am happy to continue to talk to people. I feel like everyone is an individual. And so contacting me and saying, what can we figure out together to work? I would love to do that. So if that's a daily phone call, if that's being accessible via text messages on the regular, people need um, a consistent person to go to sometimes, and I would love to be that person. So if if you want to text me 10 times in a row and saying, I'm just in a panic, no need to respond, uh, here's what's going on, blah, 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 I want to be a person to be there for that. Or if you want a structured Phone call every Friday at this time. I want to be there for that. So
1: basically, and a partner. A, You're kind of describing a partnership. A partner.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, a a person who believes in flexibility, and so flexibility within consistency is hard to achieve. And I acknowledge that it will be achieved in various ways. But yeah, a partner, a friend, to walk through this with.
0: Lily,
1: I think it's important to add to this discussion that you have some enormous spiritual skills um, that, in my opinion, um, have had everything to do with this transformation. Um, And I know we've talked about this as well, and if it's something you're comfortable talking about, perhaps um, this transformation uh, from going from, you know, where you were to where you are – is something bigger than just weight loss. Can you talk about that? I'm going to kind of throw you a, a lob over home plate with that question, but do you want to el- elaborate with, um, you know, what I will call your your spiritual growth as a result of this as well?
2: I don't know how much of a lob that is. That's quite a good <laughs> question. That's fair. <laughs> I mean,
1: that like an easy one. No, this is
2: not an easy one. <laughs> you
1: can handle it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my perfectionism is kicking in. Um, so, so yeah, uh, this is absolutely a spiritual thing. I am, uh, I, I'm happy to 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 talk about it and to admit that this is something that is not a physical thing. If I did this by the world's rules or by the physical plane's rules, I would be unsuccessful. And is that cheating? I have no. Oh, absolutely not. No, and and whatever you have in your in your bag, use it. There's there's no. It's, cheating doesn't even make sense. Right.
1: Good. I asked that question on, on purpose because I know a lot of people sometimes get confused with that, as if we can't use our um, spiritual gifts, if I can use that terms or inclinations or basically who we are, uh, to create something that we really really want. We don't have to quote yeah, yeah. struggle. Please, I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Well, here's For me, that reminded me of the idea that I'm or have been often told that things come way too easy for me and people are angry at me because I'm not struggling. And so that, for a while, held me back. And I thought, oh, I, I better pretend <laughs> that I am like other people in this way so that I don't offend them. And it just doesn't work. If something is easy for you, if you can take a jump of a 1,000 feet when everyone else is tiptoeing, jump your 1,000 feet. Let them tiptoe if that's what they're going to do now. Eventually they might jump a 1,000 feet and eventually they might not, but it doesn't have anything to do with what with holding you back from what you can do.
1: That's an incredible thought. Um, so I kind of want to spin back just a little bit to some pragmatic things and some spiritual things in between. When going to the gym... Um, I know, and having talked to a lot of people in this category, that sometimes there's a great deal of judgment. Um, I'm going to use the Mm -hmm. words addiction. Um, Food isn't necessarily always an addiction. But to me, um, in my observation, helping a lot of people in various categories of um, addiction, food can be one of the, the most challenging ones because we have to have it. Meaning right. alcohol, uh, ultimately the mind says I have to have it, or the drug A says I have to have it, um, or even sex, you know, there's something that we have to have, or, you know, excessive sleep, and these are all attributes of addiction. Um, but food is something we have to um, literally have. So if you're not drinking, um, we can... Perhaps uh, escape by not going to the local bar or those places that we used to hang out or drink. Um, But with this, we're forced. Forced in the sense that we have to biologically um, eat um, at least several times a day. And I know people really in this category have really been challenged with the idea that, in one sense, this is something that everybody can see. So I may have an addiction uh, that's not seen, um, meaning not seen in terms of uh, the whole world seeing it. James Frankel, for example, um, just admitted to having a sex addiction i don't think everybody knew that and yet at the same time it wasn't necessarily carried on his body this is something that is and sometimes it can create a d- great deal of embarrassment and even uh dare i use words judgment while uh, whether people are conscious mm-hmm. of not or that. can you address a little right. bit about the um the judgment of any of it um because i think it'd be very helpful just from a having been there perspective
2: yeah um i'm aware that there's a lot of judgment And I have a different perspective on it. To me, when people, when I carried a whole lot of extra weight, from my perspective, I was being honest. (laughs) I was saying, hey, I'm not hiding anything. Right.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) This This is a personification of who, where, and what I am being right now. And so... Other people can try contri- – it's just like I, I I understand that other people can hide whatever it is that their addiction or their their issues are. But in my it's, it's intention is to say, I'm working through something right now. Here it is on my body. And it's yelling out. If you want to judge it, you can judge it. And to be honest, there was self-judgment at, at one point as well. Sure. Um, and I think that's really, really common that – People hear the judgment of others, and they take it on themselves. Or the weight was caused initially by something that caused you to feel guilt or self-judgment. But but it just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Whether there's judgment or not, we can't let ourselves hide away. We can't let ourselves be so strongly affected by the judgment that is there. What well, doesn't, doesn't it
1: take a certain amount of courage, though, um, to I say face that or address that, and then at one point step aside from that? Especially if this is something that um, might have been passed down, like quote unquote, a um, a gene in the family tree. You know, I, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. think that sometimes weight runs in the family, and of course. It can, to some degree, but I think there's a lot of confusion with that, Um, that a lot of times Mm -hmm. um, mom and dad perhaps were heavy, then the children are heavy, then there's the idea that it's a a DNA thing, and again, in some cases that that could be accurate, but a lot of times it's not, meaning it could be described as something Mm -hmm. else. Maybe you want to address that.
2: Yeah, I think that there might be some credence to the idea that there is a genetic component. Sure. But what really is the deal is that it's behaviors and thought patterns that are transferred from person to person. So while there may be a genetic, you know, predisposition, what matters is that the thoughts and behaviors of a family system are what really is transferred from person to person. And the expectation that if you're to be one of the clan, then you're going to look, act, feel, think like one of the clan. Sure. And it's almost to me, like a building of a cult. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this is, these are our belief systems. You will follow them without question. If you, have, if you have something that is without or beyond or other than what we think and feel, you will stick out. You will be rejected in some way. And there's a lot of times in a family an expectation of you will follow along with what it is that we think and prescribe to you. You will live it out, and it will be seen as you are one of us. So in-
1: this, this I'm sorry for interrupting, but this is a rather big deal mm-hmm. um, because I'm thinking of a scenario where I knew a very, um, uh, a mom and a dad, if I can use that term, and uh, friends as well as uh, some people I facilitated, they had a baby boy, and, you know, normal, and yet the baby boy was, I'll call it normal in terms of his, his weight, but... Immediately, I mean, I, I watched um, this family continue to put on more and more weight, and then I also watched this boy uh, in his childhood—that would be say to say in his um, teenage years—he became a, quite literally the heaviest guy in class. I think close to two eighty um, as a teenager, and and I was aware of what the family was eating, but more importantly, um, back to what you're saying here is this thing that some kind is almost. Uh, I'm going to call it a poison, but I don't mean to say that it's Mm -hmm. killing somebody, but it could. But it's, it's, um, it's a mindset that gets ingrained to the point that the person may or may not know that there's another option. I mean, there's just, this is how it is. And, like you said, we adhere to the brand, which is, you know, the family brand, you know, in terms of our surname. Right. Uh, this is what we do, and to be, quote, you know, a Jolly or a Jones, um, we have to follow these um, written rules or un- unwritten rules to um, participate in this family tree, and, of course, to break out of that, can seem to be, to some degree, psychologically dangerous. So like, how are we going to do that? I mean, how am I going to change my body and still be, dare I say, loved or even honored or liked by the family tree?
2: Right, because it's not just a change of body. It, that's really the end result. What it is is a change of thought, a change of belief system. And it is frightening to say I am different from the way I was raised, so much so that those things that I never questioned I am now questioning. And I don't mean to offend anybody. I don't mean to change in a way that makes others feel bad about themselves. All these things become part of that whole system. And what happens is that people say, no, I'm comfortable enough feeling as though I am loved by the people who I think are important. I will remain the same. So they have these two very different desires. One is to lose weight, right. and the other is to be loved by their family. Right. And which is going to win? <laughs> right, You're right. going to choose to be loved by your family every time, until you realize that there—this is a false dichotomy. There are not really just two ways of looking at things. You will be loved no matter what, and and if you do actually lose the love of some person because you have decided to do what feels right to you then I mean it comes very it comes down to then they didn't love you in the first place. Right. And that sounds kind of like, you know, trite and, and unhappy, but there's some truth to that, that if you cannot be who you are and have the love of that person, would you you need to make a choice. Are you going to pretend and then fall into this almost a trance of behavior and thought? Or are you going to break free and decide, no, I'm done playing those games. I'm going to be who I am. And, and that's something that will make me feel great. And then other people have the choice to do that or not do it. But I'm not going to let that manipulation, which is what it really is, lead me into a place where I don't want to be. There will be better things where I end up. Than this game that I'm stuck in, this cycle that keeps repeating, because I keep believing things that are not true.
1: That's that's the key. Um, you know, we talked about the secret in the beginning. Um, in my opinion, and this is why I was sharing sharing with you that softball uh, pitch over home plate that wasn't so soft, um, where Ooh. we're taking um, this opportunity to become aware of uh, those things that we're being conditioned to believe, perhaps that we never even have challenged or given even kind of a conscious thought to, and to reevaluate. And when we do that from a spiritual perspective, um, I can't think of a belief, not one, um, that I've kept that I thought was the belief, meaning in terms of what that being a family belief or yeah. even an external belief. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because every time that I was, uh, you know, this is this is the way based upon this belief that I was holding on mm-hmm. to, I became aware of something I'll call use the terms expansive, um, something that was way beyond this singular thought, which was uncomfortable because I was familiar yeah. with it and, um, and then comfortable in the sense that I, you know, of course, ran around town protecting that <laughs> as if I had to, and this is very common. And I use the word protection because, of course, this is what we're doing when we uh, create excess in anything um, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, bodily protection, etc. And yet there's something to be said, really, about um, how you're uh, going from what was in terms of uh, this mind, thought, body connection uh, piece to something that is empowering, enabling. And you said it rather casually, but I just kind of want to really emphasize this. When we love ourselves as, as if that could be a problem, meaning a problem for anyone that would include a family tree, mm-hmm. and really uh, honor ourselves, which is a whole other word, um, in being who we are, then if someone likes us, loves us, or appreciates us, or c- can continue to let us be in the fold of the family based upon that, shall we say, transformation or that change, wonderful. And yet, if for some, quote, strange reason, that we are shunned or we are pushed away or we are um, you know, spat upon and sometimes, quote, quite literally, um, then we have to honor that, you know what, that may or may not have anything to do with you, period. Meaning sometimes right. we get confused with that and take on the idea, and I'm speaking energetically, and this is what you were talking about earlier in terms of hiding. We take on those energies, we hide them and as if this is something we're supposed to do to be a member of the family. This is really, yeah. really cool. So Lily, tell me more or tell us more about what it is. I mean, can we still eat pizza? Do we ever, never have to eat ice cream again? I mean, um, I, I like the fun part, but I mean, <laughs> uh, what, what, from a pragmatic perspective, um, are there rules? Is this something I can do? Um, you know, does this apply to anyone who's uh, trying to lose five pounds versus, you know, a hundred? Um, help help me out here. Yeah. Uh,
2: there aren't any strict rules. Eat what you want. And It it really is not – what you eat needs to reflect your belief system.
1: Hold on, hold on. Are, Are you honestly saying that in this change that you can continue to eat what you want and still get, quote, the results that you've created?
2: Yeah, absolutely. For me, the only change that I made in my eating was that I made sure that what I was eating actually reflected my belief system. And um, I won't share what specifically I eat because I don't want to make other people adjust and take on my belief system. That would never be right. I don't want to do that. Sure. Um, So eat what you want. Eat what reflects you. I mean, I tend to be a very playful person, so there will be times when I eat very playfully. And I might do something like, today I'm going to eat anything that's blue. (laughs)
1: I was thinking food fight, so <laughs> Right. Yes. if anyone would participate with me, i a food fight. I haven't found that person yet. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You may you I might be bummed to somebody.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, no, it's just for my personal belief system, I have some, some more serious beliefs, but I also believe most wholeheartedly that fun is essential. And so I have fun with what I eat. And, and the opposite for me is to be regimented and to be, um, you know, just making things hard for myself. I just – I have fun with my food as well.
1: So is this consistency – like a discipline or, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to get a grasp on this in terms of the consistency for I most people. M- most people have gone into this with extreme discipline. You know, we're going to go to the gym eight okay. times a day and we're going to have uh, no potatoes, and no pizzas, and we can eat um, only uh, right. sanctioned uh, meals that come out of Weight Watchers or some organization, which may or may not work for all people. Um, and yet, it, it seems like... Uh, it's hard. I mean, you know, if we just looked in the mirror and, and evaluated, it looks like it's just we're climbing Mount Everest in some kind of way, and, and sometimes it can feel, well, overwhelming.
2: Yeah. For me, that has never worked and, and never will. For me, and I think for probably most people, I could be wrong, but uh, that type of regimentation is just counterproductive. Okay. Anytime we're battling something, we're going in the wrong direction. We don't want to battle ourselves. We want to make sure that what we're doing is honoring ourselves, making life for ourselves better rather than more restrictive. So I have a general schedule, and it's just as flexible as my personality is. I generally do the same thing every day. Okay. But my personality fits that. There might be someone who enjoys more regimentation. Cool, go for that. Whatever matches you. I mean, you. Your dietary needs are not other than you. They're a part of you. So if you're a flexible person, your food's going to be flexible. If you're a more regimented person, your food will be more regimented. Sure. But it's not something that someone else can assign to you. It's something that you'll need to discover based upon who you are. And for me, my food is very me. And for you, your food will be very you.
1: So, Lily, when you go to help somebody, um, let's say I wanted to lose uh, 10 pounds or you know do something, do you actually take the time to tune into me, the person, slash my body, my belief system? I mean, um, is this the kind of integration that we're doing versus some, quote, general plan that may or may not work for everybody?
2: Right. Absolutely. Any general plan is, only, is generic. It's only going to work to some certain degree, and then it will stop working because it's made generically as a general guideline. But if you specifically want to have your personal goal achieved, then, yeah, we need to look at who you are as a human being and beyond human, who you are as a soul, as a, as a being, and find something that feels great And when it feels great, it will work.
1: I think that's incredible. I wanted to add, um, if you don't mind, this thought that a lot of times uh, I have noticed that people who create, on, uh, create uh, a layer of protection, and by the way, it doesn't have to be just weight loss. It could be intellectual protection, um, You know, which is not necessarily yeah. seen as, quote, pounds per se. Um, but I've noticed a, a pattern. I just want to have your thoughts on it, uh, if you don't mind commenting, bit. that sometimes there is uh, an idea that food is love. And what I mean by that is that the tongue gets excited, um, and of course behind that the mind, um, that I'm eating something, um, let's call it Haagen-Dazs, that is, oh my God, that's love, and so I'm going to have not a bite, a little bit, and we take that sweetness and we pull it in and we keep playing that record or taking that in excessively, if I can use that term, um, at an expense, I meaning the body um, obviously can't handle that. And yet, I don't think most people give consideration to the idea that they've turned off and I want to say that really strongly. Um, other attributes of receiving, as in love, meaning it's only coming through that one portal, of the mouth, and therefore um, the idea of going into a dietary space um, doesn't work because of the, their belief system. It is oh my God, you're really asking me to not receive love, which means this is the only way that I receive love. So therefore, you're asking me to, you know, basically cut back on that, and you know, everything else is in high order of protection, therefore I can't have it. I can't do that. I mean, it becomes that internal struggle, becomes a civil war, uh, that becomes a raging war, that they can't quote-unquote ever do. And this is why I think a lot of the, quote, programs that are out there may or may not work because they don't necessarily deal with this real issue. It's very popular to say you're going to lose five pounds in two days or um, ten pounds in a week, um, you know, and all these programs are uh, sold under that auspice, but not necessarily successful. Successful being that someone's life actually changes permanently. So I'm going to ask you this question, too, Lily. How long has it been? Um, since I
2: lost it
1: all of the way well no been, i mean not I not doesn't doesn't be answered that way just um mm-hmm. you know some people uh do it for 2 weeks and, and then of course they're feel like they got thrown to the curb because um didn't work you know and then that's just another mark on the chalkboard of what didn't work and they become discouraged and of course a lot of times uh judgmental and special in relationships you know well you didn't follow the program or you didn't follow weight watchers you didn't do you didn't go to the gym and there's this you know this energy um They're never doing it right. You know, they're never, quote-unquote, succeeding. And the reason I'm talking about the love piece is because it can feel like someone's literally taking the bottle out of your mouth um, and we're going to die. And you didn't talk about or having yet. um, There are people that go through even operations, and of course, you know this where they remove part of the body embodiment so that they can't take in uh, the excess. And, of course, that's not the issue. Um, we both know people who have done that and, and maybe not successfully, and I'm not trying to put a judgment on that as much as to say, wow, how can we take out pieces of the body and still maintain uh, this layer of protection, meaning we're still um, having that challenge. And, again, I'm putting forth this love concept because – the idea of cutting down the love that comes into your body slash your mouth isn't true. And that's why I want to emphasize that because when you open up to the idea that love can be received on all different ways, not necessarily just through the mouth, then it changes the rules. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, I actually can eat, as you were suggesting, uh, things that I would like. But as you're opening up to love, I mean, outside of that one Call it pathway, then you're, you're able to receive. And then guess what? Your body starts to reduce its, its need to protect. And we have this result, which a lot of people <laughs> may not understand, maybe not have experienced, and therefore, and to some degree, maybe even doubt it. But I see that, or I feel like I'm witnessing that with you. But this love that um, you are giving or extending to yourself is no longer, I'll call it, limited to the mouth.
2: Yeah. Um, I I don't feel like it ever was limited to the mouth, but I do understand what you're saying, and I agree with the idea that there are tricks that occur with food, where people are taught by, in some cases, food manufacturers, and by some cases, family members, that this is a way to comfort yourself, and this is a way to feel better. Just eat this, and you'll feel better. And it's very insidious. Like, in families, it is taught, like, oh, no, you fell down, you have a scratch, you're crying, here, take a piece of candy, or here, have a whatever it might be. Right, right. Or we'll call some foods comfort foods, like if you're feeling depressed, oh, just have that, you know, mac and cheese or, or baked potato or whatever it might be, that is comfort food in your family. And that is something that is actively taught, and it's also passively taught. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge manipulation, and sometimes unintentionally, like the food that's supposed to be fun is all bright colors and very sugary so so that's the fun stuff so if you want to have fun and you're not having fun get something bright colored and sugary or if you're feeling bad do the same thing so that we attach emotions to the food sometimes very very intentionally and those things just don't coincide that's a big that's a big lie and a big manipulation if you're feeling sad food will not solve it Right. if you have eaten if you have overeaten way too much and you've gained a whole lot of weight taking a part of your body out will not solve it that is finding a solution that doesn't exist if you're feeling sad address the sadness if you're if you have overeaten way too much it's not your stomach's fault <laughs> don't take that out look at the truth what is that actual situation that we are really dealing with. And what the actual situation that we're really dealing with comes down to almost always is, I don't feel happy. I don't feel loved. Something is missing. I need to fill that emptiness. Right. But, but it's hard to look at that. It's hard to do that for, for many people because it's easier to say there's a simple, quick solution. And then you get stuck in that cycle of, I feel bad, I eat something, it's sweet and sugary, I feel better, then I feel bad again, oh no, I'm better eat more of that ice cream. and So then we go around in that cycle of, I feel bad, I eat some ice cream, I feel better, I feel bad again, let's try cake this time, I feel better, I feel bad, maybe it's the pizza, maybe that's what I needed. And so we kind of prescribe ourselves all these false ways to feel better. And it, it, unfortunately, it seems to work temporarily, and so we're like, okay, I'll just keep doing this because at least there's some relief from my emotions for a moment. Or at least I've done what satisfies the public for a time. Because there is a strong message as far as surgery goes, like, oh, if you're, if you're very overweight, you are a problem. And we don't like looking at you. So go solve that problem. Here's the surgery. And so you feel as though you're satisfying the general public. And and your own problems might actually get solved as well. And it looks like you've made an effort, so that's good. And you've spent some money, so that must mean something. And then we just have all these false narratives that we choose to believe. We choose to play this game of lying to ourselves and following these manipulations because it's societally accepted, because it seems like we can fool ourselves into believing that it might work. But it's all false. And if we just go to the place where the actual problem is, look at that problem and solve it, then it's for just it's a, it's a forever thing.
1: I think that's incredible. I'm just kind of uh, sitting in awe, and I, I bet a lot of people are as well, Loli, just about your openness, and I just have to ask, do you feel that this ability that you've now witnessed uh, for your own self and then you're uh, sharing and teaching others to do this do you feel like it, it can help everybody meaning will it help men women teenagers i mean the the point is is this limited to some part of the demographic do we have to be you know th- 35 and spiritually aware i mean
2: yeah it, it's it, these are just truths of humanity and so it will work for anybody there'll be like i mentioned before differences based upon who you are if you are younger or older or you have different goals or whatever, then then we'll do things differently. But that would be the same. We would do things differently no matter who you are because everyone is an individual. Sure. But, yes, yeah, it works for, for anyone of any gender. <laughs> it works for anyone of any age. Uh, and And it works for anyone – Who doesn't even need to lose weight this is just kind of an inroad it's not it's not really about weight loss it's really about self-love yes if you want to lose five pounds or 500 pounds or if you just are interested in what I'm saying and want to talk some more and don't have to lose weight cool (laughs) that's great this is not a really about weight loss this is really about getting rid of the lies and loving yourself
1: That's incredible uh, in terms of so succinct and putting that together. I know that um, I have shared many times that to help someone to create awareness surrounding the topic of food, that I've asked them um, and many people that I've uh, facilitated to become conscious of your body, not just your mouth, uh, Mm -hmm. your body Mm -hmm. before you go to eat, your whole self while you're actually eating, and, of course, how you're feeling afterwards. Now, it seems very obvious, meaning it seemed like that'd be a very simple thing to do. Like, yeah, I know how I feel before I'm about to eat. I'm hungry. You know, and it's no, no, no it's actually bigger than that. And the more that you get into that, you'll realize um, uh, maybe I'm hungry because I've been starving myself. You know, I've been dieting for uh, three days, uh, malnourishing, and of course the body just retains that. And it's kind of course, like we go into the aisle and there's chips and there's Coke and there's, and it's like, oh my God, I've got to have all of that. And we go to the counter and we, Get it all, and we come home, and we just marp it down, and usually, you know, without anyone seeing, meaning hiding exactly what you and talked yeah, about.
2: Yeah, because we feel shame, and there's no shame involved there. That's a natural consequence of your behavior. If you starve yourself, you're you're gonna not be able to do it for a long time, and then people come out like, I can't can't tell anyone I ate that chocolate cake. Yeah, you can. That's just, that's what's gonna happen. Sure. I eat a chocolate cake, stand on the roof, and yell it. I starved myself. Guess what happened? It didn't work. <laughs> so I cake. There's no shame in that kind of thing. It's something that I think I didn't talk about a whole lot, but there's a lot of shame in this process and that's got to get kicked out because what we are doing as people who are overweight is a, a thin person would do in this situation because binging is a natural consequence of repression. Things just work that way. An overweight person will do that. An underweight person will do that if they don't have other situations that they're battling. It's just how things work. When we restrict, that restriction can only last so long before we have some type of a rebellion against it. Sure. And there's no need to feel shame because we have reacted in a predictable way. There's no shame around food. There's no shame around eating. There should be no shame around body size or or our behavior or really anything. The things that we do, we do for reasons that are clear and and understandable. There's no shame in being human and in behaving in that way.
1: So, Lily, you're also saying that what you have to offer is something that could be also very much utilized by the person who has trouble getting food in their mouth. Yes. Because
2: it's it all the same.
1: Yeah, no, I know that, but I, I think it's important to get that forth because I think a lot of people f- see uh, it only from the one side. You know, the person who's um, bulimic, bulimic, and having trouble uh, allowing that sustenance to stay within themselves um, has everything to do with you with you sharing about this topic of self-love because they don't yeah. love themselves and they have to expel that, um, and of course that doesn't work either. Um, the the body has its natural uh, limits in terms of what it can do. We can. Starve ourselves. Um, most of us don't have the capacity to to do that. Should we say successfully? And ultimately, it doesn't work, and it's not healthy. Um, and and I'll just right. say, from my own perspective, it's not fun. <laughs> 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 it's It's not fun to to strive yourself or to repress yourself when um right. here I would look at you doing what you're doing and you're what you're doing is working, and I'm trying to be you know overly disciplined um in terms of trying to gut it out so to speak and um I think a lot of people have tried that and sometimes feel very worn down because they have tried so many things wondering if there's really something that's quote unquote gonna work
2: yeah. Yeah, and that idea of, look, I just have to resign myself to this is how I'm going to be forever. It makes sense that people would think that way because they feel as though they've tried so many things and they've failed or been failed by so many things that they just give up or they go to this place where they say, okay, I'm just a body positivity, which I absolutely agree with, but not when it makes someone discontinue their efforts to improve their love for themselves. Sure so I, I the movement of body positivity is wonderful, except that it then says so to some people, so then stop trying, just love yourself now, absolutely love yourself now. but if there's more growth that you desire, don't stop yourself find a way that that will help you instead of finding something that will work against you because this this whole industry, the whole diet industry, is really a big lie of we will tell you things that we don't even believe that will not work and we know it so that you fall into this trap of doing this until you fail and we get rich.
1: Wow, that's incredibly blunt. With that thought, Lily, is what you're offering insanely expensive?
2: No, it'll be different for everybody. It's not gonna ever be cost prohibitive, but you will have to pay for something so that you have an incentive to do something, and I'm going to be very upfront with that: yeah. is that it's going to be a fair exchange, and I believe incredibly in the idea that there's there are treating yourself to too much food is a form of self self abuse or self punishment. Sure. And I don't believe in that. The same way I don't believe in someone saying, "I will do this for free." No. I won't do this for free. In the same way that I don't believe in someone saying, I will do this for a million dollars. Nope, I won't require a million dollars. Right, right. There needs to be an equitable exchange in every way. So it's going to be different for everybody who comes in because everybody who comes in will have their own program.
1: Fine. You know, Lily, I'm going to say this because I feel this and I really mean it, and I'm even going to offer this to anyone who's listening um, that has um, felt comfortable in working with me. Lily, you're the real deal meaning you're not putting on a show-and-tell and I wouldn't even invite you to this space to share with me unless I felt that uh, intuitively, uh, which is to say spiritually, and certainly from a physical perspective. And we've worked together many different kinds of things. I think um, that sh- can be shared as well. Uh, Lily has actually participated with me and doing some of uh, the editing in my writing with regards to my books, etc. And I I want that to be disclosed because... Uh, what you are doing here is enabling others to really, really be empowered, which is something that we share, meaning we want to, uh, should we say, create alignment with someone's higher self into their physical embodiment so that they get a chance to exercise this opportunity of love, that's divine love, physical love, into this embodiment and to make these wonderful changes to, should we say, be happy, joyous. And Lily, I, I just want to share that whatever uh, cost of your services were, they're worth every cent. I mean, every cent, because they work. You're talking to someone that would be, number one, who's gone through it, two, who, who uh, is not just talking to you about, uh, again, calories or uh, the overt discipline, but really getting to what I would call the key issues. And Lily, this is why I wanted to have you here, because I feel like a lot of people try to skip that. And that becomes the root of the frustration. They're trying to apply themselves externally to these different things. They're hovering around that scale 24 7, and they never quite get um, that the correlation of self love. Um, is fun. (laughs) It's it's not a sin. We don't have to run around Mm -hmm. feeling shameful and bad and, um, you know, hiding uh, as if these issues, and I'm talking about beliefs and or conditions or perhaps even experiences because you alluded to um, attributes of abuse that can come um, through the family tree, of course. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that can have a lot to do Mm -hmm. with someone's inability to receive love, right? So I just want to share with everyone that, Lily, you are something extraordinary special and someone having the pleasure of working with you um, should be seen as something Uh, that they're giving a gift to themselves by just introducing themselves to you with the intention of making the commitment, because, of course, Lily, as you said, you're not going to do it for somebody. It has to be done um, as a result of someone engaging accordingly. So if you're serious about wanting to make uh, a physical change, I think you know, getting in touch with you, Lily, is um, an extraordinary thing. And, of course, I think you'll find out as a result of this dialogue that it isn't just physical, that these are going to lead you into other attributes of awareness. Lily, in, in closing, if you don't mind, Tell us how this might have changed your spirituality, if, if you will, meaning losing this uh, amount of weight. Has it changed um, any of your um, ability in terms of your awareness?
2: When I first started this process, I realized now that I had a idea that things were very separate. I had my physical self separate from my intellectual self, separate from my spiritual self, separate from all different parts. And I think a lot of people... Who have weight issues do that. We separate ourselves. For me, as a result of abuse, and probably for many people for the same reason, that you can hurt my body, but you haven't gotten to the real me. And so that's a defense mechanism. Do that to that part of me, but you haven't really gotten to the me part of me. And what this has done has been to integrate it all so that my body is me my thoughts are me my intellect is me my spiritual self is me all of it is me and it's unhurtable it's untouchable by darkness or or things that i don't like because of the choices that i've made it's just an integration of all parts of myself and an elevation of the truth which is that we are love and that we are in no need of protection because we cannot be hurt.
1: I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm in awe too. I mean, I have to say that as well. Lily, how does uh, how do people get a hold of you?
2: you? Send me an email. My email address is just my name, Lily Dash Gallo. That's L I L Y dash G A L L O at hotmail.com.
1: Cool. Lily, i just want to literally offer you a sincere bow we haven't seen one another because of the um the interesting times that we're living in terms of the pandemic mm-hmm. um but i just want to honor you i'm closing my hands and putting them across my chest and just bowing in your in your participation being here um with me clearly and for the benefit of everybody so thank you so much for for coming on to true connections uh, with me and it's meant uh, Again, a tremendous pleasure.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It's been really fun. Bye, everyone.
1: <laughs> I look forward to doing it again.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others, too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.